The ladies grew very boisterous and attacked us with their fists and fingernails and refused to allow us the arrest. Hi there, I'm Marilyn and welcome to the Viva America podcast. After traveling with my family to all 50 states, I am fascinated by the stories this country has to tell, the good ones and the bad ones. The Viva America podcast won't just share the morbid, terrifying, and haunting stories of this nation, but the inspirational, wholesome, and inspiring stories as well. Balance is good. Join my son Cameron and I as we reflect on the places that we have visited and share stories that fascinate us or horrify us, or inspire us, or fill us with despair, or make us want to head out on another adventure. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Viva America podcast. I'm Marilyn, and this is my son. Hi, I'm Cameron. And thanks for being here. So hi, Cameron. What's going on? Hi. Hi, Mom. Doing pretty good. Nothing nothing much going on. I went to one of your old college stomping ground bars last night. Oh, that gosh. Was, to to Bullwinkles for the yeah. first time, which you guys went there in college, right? Like way back. Yes. <laughs> really? Yes. It's probably more or less the same thing, but it was the first time I'd ever been. And I th- I know that that was somewhere you guys said you used to go <laughs> in college. I, I'm pretty sure that was the place that like you couldn't go until you turned 21. Yeah. They, they like carded and stuff. Um, so like that's where everyone went on their twenty first birthday. Like, yeah, oh, we that's, can finally go to Bullwinkles. It's uh, that's I think it's still kind of. I'm not huge on the going out scene, so I might uh-huh. not <laughs> see that yeah. as much. But it is that like they're they're one of the they're one of the the strict places that only the old kids could go to. But it, it was pretty cool. <laughs> I felt um, it's the the old saloon vibe. So I like it. Yes. I, it's, well, that's fun. <laughs> yeah, it's funny to imagine my parents there. Yeah, it's funny to imagine that we literally <laughs> sat there at those seats in that building. Yeah, and yeah it's, it, it's actually weird. weird to think about. Yeah, it's my really child weird about being, being twenty-two there. years old. Yep, yep, that's weird, Cameron. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but right. you know, it's fine. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so this morning I just got home from volunteering at the farm that I volunteer at and um so every week I volunteer at a farm which of course you know that but other people don't sure um where I feed chickens and ducks and basically birds of all types and they have like 11 baby goats right now and baby goats are super cute so that's nice. I don't really do anything with the goats. I just deal with the chickens and the ducks and all their poop. So it's actually really, really gross. Like, I will say it cured me of any desire to want to have chickens. Because I think like I would have had a natural tendency to be like, oh, yes, I'll have a few chickens and collect their eggs and stuff. Yeah. But no, I'm good. I'm good. That cured me of that forever. I mean, that's a stuff like that is a full time job. I mean, that's why people yes. have assistants that are coming out to help them and stuff. Yeah, because like, that's well, they also have like a hundred chickens, you okay, know, yeah, which true. I'm sure is very different than people who just have. Like, I think three or there. Four. I've seen houses around here at least that have like chicken coops and stuff. It's. I mean, it's a very like normal and popular thing to do. I think I've just been scarred at this point because it's so <laughs> freaking disgusting. We wanted to um, we wanted to get a goat to clean our grass at one point. Is that is that Oh, thing? that would actually be really Is that cute. yeah, is that, that reasonable? Is a thing. Yeah. <laughs> actually in that yard, you, I mean, you'd have to fence it in better cuz they could get out of there. Um, but that that'd be a good goat yard. I want maybe I'll they get actually a goat rent one day. goats. They rent goats where you can have them come out and clear your land what and so yeah it's like a you have to pay eating. them and then they come and eat for free on your <laughs> yes well the alternative is either That's for genius. you to do the manual labor yourself or pay someone else to do it and this is like a very environmentally friendly way to do it because the goats get to eat and you get your land cleared and there wasn't really any like environmental harm Sure. And I'm not an expert, so if there is some type of environmental harm, I'm sorry, I'm not aware. But but like it, that's the benefit, I guess. Is kind of it's a very like all natural. Yeah, maybe. Way to I, do I, that. I think maybe I'll get a goat. 
to lawn care yeah. for me one day. That'd be pretty cool. Except, I mean, especially if you could just you like, like have it come over, not like own it. You know, that would no, be cool. I could own it. I want a pet, yeah. pet goat. But you're, what are you going to do with it when you move? Bring it. No, I don't want it here. I want it in the future at some point. Oh, I thought you yeah. meant specifically like, no, in no, yard. no. I don't have goat money right now. I can okay, be buying a goat. No enough. way, goats are cheap. <laughs> fair <laughs> enough. Um, but what I was going to tell you is, at the farm, they have emus, which mm. I've yet to understand why they have emus. Because, like other animals, I guess you know, I understand they sell the eggs. That it makes sense. Even quail and duck, like people buy that. Sure. I don't know, but the emus are just there. Like they it's just don't like exotic. Yeah, it's like, is this just for fun? Like, just to be like, we have emus, we're cool. I don't know. But, so I've been volunteering there, like, a year and a half, a long time. And they have an emu egg. Oh my, and really? it looks like what you would think a dinosaur is huge? egg yeah. looks like. Yes. I'm trying to think of something that it would be uh, the size football. of. Yeah, actually, yes. I don't know why that was so hard to think of. Um, <laughs> it's like the same shape too. Yes, it's the size of a football. It's black, which is like Ew, really. Too. It's like creepy. Yeah, so it's like a dinosaur egg, and they have it in like a little incubator. Really? And I'm just like, this is giving me Jurassic Park vibes. It's so weird. Um, I'll have to post a picture just because I'm like, what is happening? But. If we ever have a baby emu there, I'm gonna freak out because that's gonna that's gonna be cute. I don't the know. Emus are actually really friendly. Really? Um, I, yeah, I was about to say. I guess I don't know anything about. Are are they the ones that no? Those they stick their heads in the ground. Those are ostriches. Right? Those are ostriches, but they look like pretty much the same. Just I big mean, birds. Yeah, and so they're very very nice. Like I can go in there and fill their little pools and all that. And there's one in particular that's like very friendly, and he'll like come up and nuzzle you. I don't know really? if it's like <laughs> I, don't I don't know if it's like a weird thing, and if I should be worried, but like he'll like be very friendly. So all along I've been like, yes, these are wonderful, like docile birds. And then one day the lady who owns the farm is giving a tour to somebody and she's like, yeah, these are emus. Now you don't go in there with them. They could take you out with one swipe of their foot. And I'm like, ma'am. They just send I you in there all the time. Are you just saying this so that like people don't mess with them or yeah, am I in danger? I don't know. You so, got to, there's got to be a little bit of showmanship when you're given a tour, I guess. I don't know. I'm hoping that's what it is. You know, like these are strong, crazy uh, yeah, birds, I guess, you know, but I don't like, know why I thought emus were mean, I guess. These are not, I think, I mean, I think that like, I think they do harm people. Like, I, I genuinely think they do, or ostriches as well. Maybe one's more aggressive than the other. I don't know. Um, but they definitely can harm people. I So I don't know if these are, like, maybe a little domesticated, but still sure. obviously have the potential to harm people, or whether they're just letting me, like, take my life at my own risk every time I go there to take care of them. I, I'm not sure. Someone, someone's got to clean it up. Yeah. At any so. cost, I guess. Yeah, but you know, I am excited to potentially see a baby emu. And even I have no idea how long an emu egg incubates for. It could be like four months. I don't even know. Um, so, but if there's ever a baby emu, I will share pictures because baby birds are really cute. Yeah, like I don't even. I can't. Birds. I can't even like imagine what a baby emu would look oh, like. I guess I, I don't even really either, know what an emu looks so like. So cute. <laughs> That's one of the birds with a long neck, right? Like yeah. the okay. Yeah, I think yeah, I, yeah. I'll post some grown-up emu pics now, but if there's ever I Oh, they just I look like almost little ostriches. They're not that little. I mean, I don't know. They how don't they their necks aren't as aren't as like ridiculously disproportional as others. <laughs> like as <laughs> ostriches, I think. I could be wrong. I don't know anything about birds. Clearly. I I, have, I I just have a microphone right now. Fair <laughs> I'll share some pics. There's one in particular that really likes your sister, like when she used to go with me um, when she was home in the summer. There was one that really, really, really liked her. So I got a lot of good pictures of them together. That's funny. <laughs> All right. So what are you going to be telling me about today? Today, we are going to the thrilling and exciting state of Mississippi. Thrilling and exciting? Why do you say it like that? 
Well, I said it like that because when I decided that I wanted to go visit all 50 states, obviously there are some states that it's like you can't wait to get there. And there's actually a hundred things you want to do there and you have to narrow it down and sure. pick what you actually can and have time to do. Yeah. And then there's other states that you're like, what are we going to do there? And people will ask me that. It's like, what did you do in Iowa? You know, like yeah. there's just some states that don't have good tourism bureaus, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I but... mean, there's also <laughs> natural like resources <laughs> and stuff like that. Well, I mean, but I always said, like, I believe every state has something to offer. Like, yeah, it's not going to be they have the Grand Canyon to offer. But they have something unique to offer. Yeah. But Mississippi was one of these states that the more like I was looking into what to do, the less and less excited I was to visit it because it was just like, there's not a lot to do. And I hope I don't get like Mississippi hate. I'm sorry. I mean, the only thing I like would have even thought to do in Mississippi would be like the Mississippi River, I guess it would kind of be That's what I wanted to do. I wanted to go on like a steamboat on the Mississippi River, but apparently that's not like a thing you necessarily do in Mississippi. It's more like St. Louis and stuff like that. Oh, yeah, I guess that river does. It's a a big one. (laughs) It's a long river, yeah. So it wasn't like Mississippi really was, like, vouching for that activity. And so, okay, so ultimately, what am I always going to do? I'm always going to see if there's a national park there, right? Like, I'm going to say, like, what is beautiful there that we can go see? And so I found something called the Natchez Trace Parkway. And I really didn't understand what it was. I mean, I'm not going to lie. Even if you go to the National Park website, which FYI, that's one of my sources. There are quite a few sources for today. Rather than listing them all out, they're in our show notes. Um, But if you go to the National Park website, there's very little information about the Natchez Trace Parkway, even though it's theirs, like they manage mm-hmm. the parkway. So, and and the park. So this is this is like a like a highway or a road or something like that. So it is, yeah. Okay, so basically, the Natchez Trace was a forest trail, so just like a trail okay. in the 18th and 19th centuries, used by Native Americans, early American explorers, slave traders, soldiers, future presidents, basically humans. Well, actually, it was used by animals, too. So but today they call it the Natchez Trace Parkway, and it's referred to as driving through 10,000 years of history. It's a 444 mile scenic drive through three states. It goes from Nashville, Tennessee to Tupelo, Mississippi. So it's a very, very long scenic drive that was used to connect the southern states to the more hard to reach areas of of Mississippi. Well, yeah, I'd imagine the Mississippi River is probably a pretty big trading point. Absolutely. As it got, yeah. They, you know, they needed to have access to all these different parts of the country that the country was growing to be. So I think the fact that they adopted the name Trace, like the Natchez Trace, leaves people a little confused about what it is because that word just isn't it doesn't conjure up like the same imagery as dry yeah or like like the parkway like a blue ridge parkway like like that you can tell you can pretty much guess what that is just off the yeah you're like that's gonna so true because it's blue ridge which that we just very synonymously understand is mountains and then parkway is romanticized but Natchez, you're like, what the heck is oh, yeah, that? I don't know what Natchez or Trace, Trace <laughs> You're like, what the heck is that? So so I think that it, it doesn't really get like any credit for being what it is because it just because of the language around it. But it is ultimately a 444-mile scenic drive, and it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. I remember parts of it when we drove yeah. on it in like Mississippi being really be- beautiful. Yep. I didn't realize it was so long, though. Well, we did 100 miles of it. Oh, so wow. Really? I didn't even realize do... it was that much. <laughs> yeah. We didn't do all 444 miles. 
but we did about a hundred miles of it because there were a couple of things along the way that I had found. And then we, and then, you know, I said, well, the parkway or the trace itself can be part of our adventures in Mississippi. So, but do you, you said you kind of remember being on it. Do you remember anything or what do you remember from our time in Mississippi? That's where there was that like ghost town type of thing or like an old town. Uh-huh. Yeah. I remember I'm going to that. A little bit about that. And then we went to a plantation. Yes. That's about all that I remember though. Well, that's I mean about all we did. So let's start. I want to tell you about how the trace came to be what it is today. Okay. So for the most part, this route is on a natural ridge line. Sure. Like a oh, mountain okay. ridge line. So it does make it a very pretty drive. Animals sort of naturally use this as a footpath. And then Native Americans used this route for centuries. And they were the first ones to eventually blaze the path to make it more official. In the early 1800s. And by early, I mean literally like 1801, Thomas Jefferson signed a treaty with the Chickasaw and Choctaw tribes to allow a postal road to be built along this trail because he wanted to connect the remoteness of Mississippi in the southeast. So So this is when the the land is still native owned for the most part he just wants to be able to go through it yeah well i mean they knew they're like you said there's the mississippi river they're expanding they're taking over all this land of course and so he signed a treaty with the tribes to be allowed to build this road i'm assuming it was like most treaties and it's not really in favor yeah a treaty probably used relatively generously. Yeah, in the, it was in the like, let us do this. We'll be nice. And they're like, okay, they're I guess nice. we'll let you do this. And then they're not nice. Yeah. yeah. So those who <laughs> built and used the trail at this time dubbed it the devil's backbone because of how, yeah, well, it was because of how rough the trail was. Oh, okay. How, re- how remote it was. And because of the frequency with which they encountered highwaymen. Okay. And highwaymen were yeah. basically robbers. Yeah, they're so, bandits is what that yes. is. So basically you're traveling down the trail and someone comes out and robs you. Yeah. So Well back so I mean back then that was probably a pretty easy way to make some money. I mean you're in the middle of nowhere. Oh, I mean really? you're on this dirt road, no one can get to you. I yeah. Uh, yeah. I'd imagine yeah. that that was probably very common in yeah. times like that. So it wasn't like at that time, it wasn't like the loveliest trail. It had some bad energy. But when the project was finished, the trail could be fully traveled by wagon. The entire okay. journey, though, would take two or three weeks to go from Nashville to Tupelo, Mississippi. That's not too bad. I mean, I know that that's, that's not too bad. But I just mean like compared to when people would go west and all that, that was like months. Yeah. You'd be on the yes. road for like four months, five months. Which I cannot like. even imagine. But... Um, But because it takes, you know, so long, a few weeks to travel this, there are lots of places along the trace to stop. And these places were referred to as stands. And they were places that travelers could spend the night, eat, catch up on news, restock on supplies, things like that. Truck stops. Like little pits. Yeah. (laughs) Alden day truck stops for sure. And so a few of these stopping points turned into real towns. Okay. And we did visit one of these towns, as you mentioned. Today, it's actually a ghost town. Mm -hmm. And it is open to the public during daylight hours. And it's called Rocky Springs, Mississippi. Rocky Springs. Okay. I couldn't remember the name. Yep. Yeah. It's because I I don't know. I always been pretty fascinated with like abandoned places in general. That place. Mm -hmm. Do you know when it was abandoned? Yeah. I can tell you all about it. So Rocky Springs was established in the late 1700s as a popular uh, stand, you know, watering place for travelers. It was near a spring, which is kind of how it got its name, sure. and a rock outcropping. And so a community like came about in that area. They built a Methodist church that's still I remember. Yeah, today. I remember seeing that church there. And there was the cemetery at that church, which I, uh-huh. I have. I actually, I have a picture from there. It was when I was like first getting into taking pictures. That was pretty good from that Ooh, cemetery. You'll have to send me that one so I can share it. But yeah, the church is the only building still standing. And what's crazy is they actually held church services there until 2010. Wow. Who was going? 
I think just people that live nearby, because I'll tell you in a minute, but the town is long gone, you know? Yeah, well, I remember. was still operating. Wow. Religion's so weird. Uh, (laughs) But I remember the town, because I expected it to be like, there's buildings with all the doors, like, knocked down and stuff, but there's, like, nothing there. It's completely overgrown and all that type of stuff. There's, like, if you, if there wasn't, like, the, the plates that are like describing what places yeah. are and it's in front of this like concrete base it's like this was the yeah. old water mill or something sure. you would have no clue what was there at yeah. all like you can tell something was there but yeah you, you yeah really exactly so what's crazy though is at the height of the town's like success i guess mm-hmm. over 4500 people lived in that 25 square mile radius which the ruins wow. today like that's probably i don't know like oh. two square miles yeah like not not big but it was when the town was its biggest because it had cotton farms and stuff like that it was 25 square miles but it had over 4500 people living there and that's that's 4500 people that are like because back then you didn't have like condos and apartments and stuff. You had it was like houses that would be probably that's probably pretty like dense living. I would imagine. I would have. I would think so too. Well, one thing though, it's officially lists its population as twenty six hundred and sixteen inhabitants, but then notes that plus two thousand slaves. Oh. And I just hate the way that that yeah. applies. Like the slaves weren't even people. Oh, only twenty six hundred inhabitants lived here. Okay, Those so you so so the four thousand the four thousand is with I included okay. them. Yeah. Yes. I mean like, like people They're living but, there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow, that's that's half the population almost though. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah, it is wild. That is wow. a lot. I mean so, it must have it's probably I'd imagine most of those stands and stuff are like working. They probably have yeah. to produce something to sell yeah. and all well, that stuff. Well they had a school. Okay. They had three merchants, just meaning like a general store, four doctors, four teachers, a post office, and 13 artisans. And I couldn't <laughs> find specifics on what the artisans were, but we're talking about like woodworkers, metalsmiths, things yeah, like that. Yeah, is like it is it artisans? Who... I always thought it was artisans, but I'm probably wrong. Mm, I don't know. I have no clue. I mean, I've, I've always said could, that. You but... could be right too, because when you said it, it sounded right. That's oh, that's wow. what those those have been in video games. I've always called them that, but I don't know. I don't know if that's right. Uh, but <laughs> that those well, are no, actually. If I look at the way the word is written, you're right. Artisans. There's no I. I don't know. Don't take that. my. That's just how I thought. But um. Oh boy. Well. <laughs> it's there um. So those are those are the like this like they have a those are kind of the first like focus skill workers and that type of stuff right like artisan like yeah ar- like trades like th- these days we would call them like yeah okay trade workers, that was that's like, the word. You know, like electricians and plumbers yes, yes. and things like that so yeah yeah um so cotton farming was the main thing happening in this town and it's really what gave it the ability to grow and thrive the way that it did i thought the church and the graveyard were spooky as heck yeah <laughs> i i really did feel like you know even though you couldn't really tell what the buildings were you could definitely visualize that like a town used to be there there was like trails i don't know if you remember that where you could see the natural part of a trail going down and then they're like here's the here's where like you said the watering hole was yeah. or this or that so you noted they do have plaques that give information about the town and what you're seeing if you walk through it. Its eventual decline was actually based on multiple factors. They got like three strikes. First, the Union forces in the Civil War passed through the town, taking some with them and just causing others to leave, you know, the, the... North like as prisoners like they took prisoners it didn't specifically say i mean maybe as soldiers maybe it scared people away maybe you know okay killed them you know yeah like, well i mean that when the when the them. union like that whole sherman's march to the sea like uh, that was probably yeah. somewhere around there that was like they basically yeah. would walk into towns and decide on the like, flip a coin if they were gonna like burn it down or not yeah <laughs> that yeah. type of stuff it's just so crazy. that wasn't good for the town. Then they had a yellow fever outbreak. Oh, that'll and do it. And then all their crops were infested by boil weevils, which I wonder if boil weevils even exist anymore. I, I, I think feel like I think they they destroyed the crops. You said, yeah. 
Okay. I think that I think we weevils are a thing. I don't know about boil weevils, boil, you said. Boil weevils. Yeah, yeah, I don't know what that is, but <laughs> I know weevils are a thing and farmers hate them. That's that's about it. Yeah. <laughs> it's about my extent well, of farming knowledge. Rocky Springs too. So ultimately the weevils took were- it out. The uh, all three things, yes. Like everything just kind of, it was like, oh, we can't take any more. Well, here's yellow fever. Oh, we can't take any more. Here's the yellow. Yeah, yellow fever. fever also, that did some damage, especially, I mean, yeah. and these towns, I'm sure, and I mean, native populations sure. over there, yeah. especially. Yeah. yeah. So the last store in the town closed in 1930. So since 1930, it has been a ghost town. Today, it is managed by the National Park Service, and it is a pretty cool-like place to check out if you take a drive along the Natchez Trace. So there are a lot of awful stories having to do with the Civil War and things along the Natchez Trace, but I have a little haunting story to throw in here. Okay. So close to the Natchez Trace is a town called Port Gibson, Mississippi. And we're going to the Windsor Mansion, known today as Windsor Ruins. The Windsor Mansion was built by a gentleman named Smith Daniel, who was the son of an Indian fighter turned farmer and wealthy landowner. In 1849, he married his cousin. As you do. Apparently that was normal. And they would have seven children together. Unfortunately, only three of those children would survive till adulthood, but that was also just unfortunately very normal for that time. So they built a Greek revival style mansion on their 2,600 acre property, and they spared no expense in architecture, furnishings, details, all the stuff. It was a four-story home that had a Gothic and ornate style with 25 rooms every single room having a fireplace and marble mantles. And most interestingly for the time, they had interior bathrooms in the house. That was very, wow. very bougie as, as one might say. Yeah. So, <laughs> Wait, so is that like modern bathrooms? Like no, like, I mean, no way it's like, like, is there a shower? All it said was interior bathrooms, but it noted that it collected rainwater off the roof to supply the toilets. So, I mean, you bring up. Oh, so they had toilets. I don't even know how people like necessarily showered back then. I don't have an answer to that. But they had. (laughs) um, (laughs) But they had water coming from their rooftop to supply toilets. And I mean, interior bathrooms were very uncommon. Most people just had outhouses. So this was some fancy, fancy stuff. And if anyone wants to really get into the details of the mansion, you can, you know, read about the ballroom and the all the things uh you can look at that stuff online after a two-year construction project which smith daniel patiently oversaw he unfortunately would not live to enjoy his new home just a few weeks after it was completed he passed away at age 34 for reasons or were or have been lost to time i guess okay. that's the best way to so, say it but but it doesn't seem like nefarious or anything like that there was no indication that he was like killed so i'm assuming probably yeah disease disease, or something like that probably yeah yep and then that same year the civil war erupted and windsor mansion like many other plantations in the south would find itself in the middle of it windsor mansion basically became a place that the confederate soldiers could meet and hide and plan and sit up on the rooftop and watch Union troop movements. So they were like, this is a lookout for them. Yeah, it's the prime. Yes. I, don't know, I can't a even rebel, think of the a rebel hub. I for guess. it's uh, uh yes, that's that's a good way of putting it. <laughs> uh, Smith Daniel's wife, Catherine, was still yeah, like she was the one living at the house. You mean his cousin? Yeah. Yes. Actually, <laughs> Touche, his cousin. Um, she tried to pretend everything was normal and continued to try to make life at the mansion pleasant. She decided to host an, a dinner one evening, inviting friends to the house. 
as they were eating dinner, they were surprised by some latecomers, some, you know, knock, knock at the door after dinner started. And these latecomers were not neighbors, though. They were Union soldiers. Mm. One of these Union soldiers wrote about what happened in his journal. (laughs) Quote, so we entered and there in the parlor of the house was quite a party singing and laughing and having a fine time generally among them were three confederates dressed in their gray uniforms i walked in and went up to the one that seemed to be in command touched him on the shoulder and inquired are you a confederate officer he promptly replied yes i am at this the singing stopped and the ladies present came around and insisted that we yankees were not gentlemen and that we should not spoil their evening by arresting and taking prisoners of these three confederates the ladies grew very boisterous and attacked <laughs> us with their fists and fingernails and refused to allow us the arrest the lieutenant and his detail came in from the rear and we took these three rebel prisoners and marched them down to the river edge from Windsor, where our yalls had been left, and loaded them up back to the river where the gunboat was tied up. It was late in the night when we arrived there. We then took them to Vicksburg, where they were placed in prison. So, I love the way they talk like, back then. I think it's oh hilarious. My gosh, I where think our it's yalls amazing. are? What is that? I know. I don't actually know what a yall. I, I'm imagining it's some sort of carriage like or, a carriage. or something yeah. like that yeah i don't really know but the this whole time is so weird like the pride that everyone just yes. has so much like pride and like a loyalty yes. to everything like yes. like there's all these like women wearing like the thing what are the things that like scrunch your chest and everything Corsets. yeah yes. that's what i thought i don't know I, didn't, I was scared to be wrong but um yeah you got women wearing that punching union soldiers and they're just like yelling at each other and everything it must have been that must have been so weird, just that whole scene, and like, yeah. And you had the you have these dudes just getting arrested in the middle of it, but they like, I'm surprised it didn't get violent there, honestly. So from this point forward, Union soldiers were stationed at the mansion. They just kind of took over. Catherine stayed there, like she still got to live there, and so did her. It just said her family. I don't really know who that included. I guess her kids, probably the maybe. kids. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so nearby battle of Port Gibson, when that happened, wounded soldiers were actually brought back to the mansion and they had set up a temporary hospital there and Catherine even helped care for the soldiers. So whether she was kind of forced to, or whether it was just like, I guess this is just my reality. (laughs) This is just what I do now. Yeah. That's uh, weird. That, yeah. So somewhere in this time though, a union soldier was shot and killed in the front doorway of the home. And there is absolutely no record of, like, why, like, was there an argument, who shot the Union soldier, but a Union soldier was shot and died in the doorway of the home. There's some implication that it was at the fault of, you know, Catherine, or at least her people, her... At least they blamed it on her. They blamed it on her, and they wanted to burn down the mansion as a punishment. And so Catherine begged them not to, citing how she had nursed so many Union soldiers and cooperated with them. And they did spare the mansion, although they decided to burn down a barn on the property. To, you know, <laughs> I think it's hilarious that they just like they had all this like energy that they wanted to burn some shit. And then they just needed yeah, to burn they're something. Like, well, we got to show where we mean business. I think so. they just wanted to burn stuff. I don't even know if it's as much like you got to. I mean, burning stuff is kind of fun. So I mean, yeah. I don't blame him. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's just... Fair enough. Wanting to learn something. So the heyday of the Windsor Mansion was essentially over with the with this period of time. The South was economically devastated by the war. The family itself did manage to stay on the property, but unfortunately, 25 years later, tragedy struck Windsor Mansion again. So one day in town, people saw a lot of black smoke looming in the sky. And when they followed it to see where it was coming from, they found Catherine and her family standing by a tree, helplessly watching the mansion in flames. Wow. So this is this is 25 years after everything we had already talked about. 25. Yeah. So they've been there a while then, especially if it seems like her family's still there, like the kids and everything. Yeah. 
Yeah, I would imagine her kids probably are married and have kids at this point. Yeah. They didn't. They truly didn't go into those details, or I didn't dig hard enough, I guess I should say. So they were actually planning to have a party that day. So yeah, I kind of think parties just have bad vibes there. Like bad things happen every time they have <laughs> a party. Seems like it. So yeah, so they went out to get the mail briefly, and when they came back, their house was in flames. And it was discovered that a worker who was making repairs to their observatory carelessly threw a cigarette into a pile of sawdust. And that is what brought the mansion to the ground. It looks a lot like an ashtray, Mom. The sawdust, that pile of sawdust over there. I'm just going to put that right there. there. (laughs) Apparently, apparently. So today you can visit the ruins of the building which basically are the the columns. Like I told yeah. you, it was like a gothic style. Well, yeah, There's yeah. just these giant columns now that people will kind of refer to as being Stonehenge-like. And it, it so, looks like it looks like a someone started making like an old Greek coliseum <laughs> and then like quit, like, then like after yeah, like yeah. a day or something yeah. like that. Because it's just it's just the columns that are going straight up and down. There's like no walls, no roof, none of that. Yeah. So it's really weird and you can, or it's really cool, really. And you can go visit and walk through the grounds and stuff like that. Now, visitors do report that there's at least one, if not several residents still there. The first being the ghost of the Union soldier that was shot in the entryway. Mm. His faded image has been seen walking up the old iron staircase that no longer exists. So he'll come up a staircase that isn't even there. Walking walking on air. Still in uniform and all that. Yeah. Wow. So people also hear report hearing jubilant laughter and music as if a grand party is going on. Because the parties were just so fun every time. The parties had some energy. Yeah. And finally, there's another ghostly figure of a man that has also been reported walking around on the grounds and just like a man in black clothing. And some people think this might be Smith Daniel, who really never got to enjoy the house in his earthly life, Mm -hmm. enjoying it in the afterlife. So Hmm. they report this figure being so real that people will approach him to talk to him, but as they approach him, he fades away and disappears. Wow, I want that. Yeah. I want that to happen to me so bad. Just like yeah. once, <laughs> like just to just to see that, and like just to believe it. Yeah, just to like, just yeah. so I could have that thirty minutes of trying to convince myself I'm crazy. And that type of stuff. <laughs> well, you never know. For I mean, for what it's worth, there are very there are quite a few paranormal investigators that have gone to this site because of these hauntings and they do agree with visitors. So, and they don't always like a lot of times they'll go out to places and be like, no, we're not getting anything. Sure. Um, but they agree that they've seen the same spirits captured sounds of, and captured sounds of a plantation party on the EVP like recording sessions. They, so. they have party recordings. That's strange. I know. Right. Yeah, I kind of want to hear weird. that. Yeah. That is, I would like to hear that too. Yeah. So, one last story for you along this Natchez Trace. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. So, remember how I said the Chickasaw and the Choctaw tribes were kind of the original inhabitants of the area? Sure. So, they left behind a really fascinating piece of folklore. And you can visit this spot as well today, too. Nice. So, on mile 233, which is just south of Tupelo, Mississippi... On the Natchez Trace Parkway, you will come across a sign from the National Park Service, which reads, Witches Dance. The very name conjures up visions of eerie midnights, swirling black capes, and brooms stacked against a nearby tree. The old folks say the witches once gathered here to dance, and that wherever their feet touched the ground, the grass withered and died, never to grow again. Impossible? Maybe so. But look around, look for a hidden spot where no grass grows. Hmm. So today, this land that, that the sign is marking okay. is a campground. But here's what folklore tells us about its past. The okay. story goes that the Indians who settled in the area fled from Mexico, carrying the bones of their ancestors with them. Because apparently, that's a thing we do. Okay, so, it's a thing they do. Yeah. <laughs> That's the thing they do. 
So they were guided by their leader who carried a bag of sacred items and a medicine stick and his white dog. Every night, the leader would put the medicine stick in the ground. When the stick started moving, like meaning coming loose or falling, that was an indication that they it was time to move on. And they would go in whatever direction the stick pointed. So like if it fell to the northwest, they walked to the northwest. <laughs> so it was there like a specific distance or they just walked until they're like, I, all right, this is enough. I mean, maybe nightfall. I don't know. I okay, don't know. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know, like, it leads me to believe you could, like, go in circles because, like, yeah. you, maybe, you know, the stick just falls back the other way the next night. But I don't know. That's it why you need a guy to that keeps track yeah. of it. I guess so. You need a, a secretary to keep True, track of it. True, yeah, yeah. Stuff. He needs an assistant. The medicine man he needs does. an assistant. Maybe he had one. I don't know. But um, eventually, when the stick pointed straight up, it meant that they had found their new home. So they did, in fact, find their new home at this location that was later known as Witch's Dance. Okay. And they buried the bones of their ancestors here and created mounds that grew over time. So, like, they buried their bones, but over time, more and more things were buried in these mounds. Oh, so it's not just bones that are buried in these um burial I mounds. would have to I do actually a think more research I think that's that. a thing where um people would get buried with a lot of their prized possessions and things yeah, like that's that. That's true. Like um, cuz bur- burial mounds and it could be different based off the tribe especially and everything but Probably. burial mounds are yeah. everywhere especially in like the south central southeast yeah. US and all that. No, that's true. Absolutely. So um so ultimately this place did have a bit of a creepy vibe with all the ancestor bone mounds. But legend legend has it that witches started gathering here. Okay. Maybe they like the, the, you know, creepiness of it. I don't know. I don't know why they started gathering here, but apparently they did. And they would have essentially like parties here. They would dance, they would eat, they would work on their witching skills. And is there, is there anything there or is it just like, like a, like a camp kind of where they, this tribe lived? I think it was just land. I mean, okay. this is super old school times. Like, it was just land. I mean, whether they built, like, a shelter. But sure, yeah, yeah. Not I, the kind of shelter that would last, you know. Yeah. I think the mountains are the only things that stood have stood the test of time. But Gotcha. So they're just having their grand old witch time. But wherever their feet would touch the ground, the earth would be scorched and the grass wouldn't grow in those spots. Hmm. so the legend says so andrew jackson even acknowledges these scorched spots in his journal because he traveled on the natchez trace frequently and so like he didn't say whether he thought it was witches or if he was freaked out by it but he noted like oh yeah i saw those scorched spots that people talk about so yeah and uh, what what do you trust you trust andrew jackson i i mean i he was, that he wrote it. He was president. I don't think he was. I actually, I don't know much. I don't know my president. I don't know a lot about him yeah. either. So I don't, I don't know what, what I want to say about him. Yeah. Okay. Can't vouch so, for the character. St- yeah. Still on our dance switch or witch's dance story. <laughs> a dance switch is like a sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Our witch's dance story. There was a pair of serial killers at the time. We're talking old school serial killers, like the OGs. They're called the Hart Brothers. And they just like to casually murder people without a whole lot of reason. Of Unless, of course, okay. you consider snoring too loudly a good reason to be murdered, because they murdered someone for that. They so have were... I. Just, that's, that's not true. <laughs> Just like not actually taking their life, yeah. wanting to murder them. Yeah. Oh, no, I just meant it's uh, that's fucking ridiculous that they killed someone for that. Is more what I meant. They well, they were super crazy. Yeah. They murdered oh. and dismembered women and children, and yeah. were basically just trash. Like they, yeah. like just. I mean, that's what bad, that sounds like. People. Sounds like trash to yeah. me. So at some point in their lives, they were traveling on the Natchez Trace for whatever reason with an Indian guide. And when they got to the witch's dance place, the Indian guide told them about the story and all that. Now, Big Harp, who I assume is the older one, but they don't really. I feel like, I feel like that's definitely the little one. 
I don't know. I, I, that's <laughs> just one of, especially sister? on like some highway men like these guys. They're probably pretty dumb. I don't. I don't know. Just a guess. <laughs> so, okay. Who knows? Who knows? So Big Harp basically laughed at the story, acting like that was so stupid. Like probably kind of making fun of him, sure. like because it was an Indian guide. So even if it wasn't like I'm, yeah. his tribe or his history. <laughs> He was probably still just kind of saying, like, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. And he started jumping from spot to spot, like from scorched spot to scorched spot, just cackling and being a jerk. Like, oh, are you, you know, look at me. I'm on your, your scorched Sacred, earth. Yeah. yeah. And so just being a jerk. It sounds like this guy's just such a jerk. What? So nothing <laughs> happened at the time. It's not like he spontaneously combusted or anything. But. Big Harp was killed fairly soon after that by a man and his pals who were seeking revenge because Big Harp had murdered his wife. So separate story. Okay. You know, Big Harp had murdered someone's wife and now the husband and his his buddies came after him. They killed Big Harp. Okay. Okay. So they decapitated him and nailed his tree, his head to a tree. Ah. Yeah, I mean they didn't play. Uh, games no, that was then. that's that was like that's something that's crazy common in history. As you look back, it's like <laughs> mounting people's heads on stakes and Ooh. things like that. It's like I don't I don't know. It's as old as sounds farming. Like not fun. <laughs> no, okay, I, I don't I don't get it. <laughs> but apparently, a witch took that skull and ground it into medicine powder. Ooh. <laughs> And so today, when people visit witches' dance, they will say that they hear a man cackling and laughing. Maybe it's just someone having fun camping. Like a ghost cackling. A ghost cackle? (laughs) Yes. So, okay, obviously this sounds a little hocus pocus and all that. But to this day, grass does not grow on the scorch sites. Really? Like you can go today. And there's still no grass on these spots. So I wonder if they've ever done like soil tests there. See if there's just some like gasoline or something on it. (laughs) Maybe I don't know. I mean, (laughs) no. I mean, I'm just. What if they like do it and they find witch dust? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Or the skull of Big Harp. I don't know. True. True. But locals do avoid this area. They don't like going there. They don't like the vibes there. And the grass still doesn't grow. So it is weird. It it is weird. It is weird. So as you can see, the Natchez Trace just has a lot going on. Uh, I only shared a few stories from Mississippi. But there are some crazy stories from the other states, too. And like I said, we only drove about 100 of the 444 miles. But it was beautiful and interesting. And especially for those out there, because I know we're not the only ones, for those out there that have that goal of visiting all 50 states and all of that stuff, this is a great thing to do in Mississippi. And you can really kind of tailor your trip on like what you want to go see. And I'd love to see that um, mansion, especially because we didn't get to see that when we were there. You don't want to see witches dance? If I get to see some witches actually dance, sure. Like, 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 let me see the witches. That's what I want to see. Okay, fair. <laughs> but no, Windsor Ruins sounds really, yeah. really cool. So, yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of places in that whole area that they had like some quick sprawl with people moving out there, and it's kind of a lot of it's mm-hmm. gone now. So I'm sure. Oh, I'm um, sure. Yeah. There's some some even more chilling stories than the ones that. You oh yeah today. i mean i'm just scratching the surface and i thought these were interesting but there is a lot of history out there for sure yeah. um and we didn't we really didn't touch on any like slave history either yeah. we talked about plantations and like a little bit but like obviously tons of history around there that yeah too, one of the so. things with all that stuff especially is they didn't exactly keep records of all the horrible no. things they were doing most of the time no, so they didn't hard. really want that yeah. recorded in time. So, or they got rid of it. In yeah. effect, fair. Um, so, one thing you will never catch me doing on the Natchez Trace is biking, because okay. I think we've talked about the fact that I'm I'm not a big fan. Sure. But for my charity this week, I picked a bike race where participants bike all 444 miles of the trail. Damn. (laughs) Which I thought was pretty cool. 
and the race is called Fuller House Bike Adventure. Fuller and House. Fuller, well, like that's the organization. Basically, like Full House, like the TV show, like the sequel. Fuller yeah. House. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, actually spelled that way. Um, but Fuller House puts on the event and they raise money for their mission of building housing for all. So it looks like it's an organization that partners with churches who like the kids come out or not, not just kids. People will come out and volunteer their time and do Community like service. help build houses. Yeah, they'll help build houses and stuff like that. Um, so I thought that was just a really cool yeah. way to... Uh, select a charity that has something to do with the not just yeah, geez, holy hell so. whoever's biking all 400 miles that's crazy 444 miles. never never no absolutely not never but that's mississippi that's what i've got for you today well i really liked hearing all those stories today especially <laughs> we've been trying i've been trying to uh lexi my sister especially wants to hear more ghost stories and stuff like that. I know. Uh, yes. Got got a good chunk of those in there. Hopefully like like what, she appreciates a yeah. couple of those. A lot of our episodes recently have like not I find I at least find it kind of hard to just focus on just ghost stuff for the most mm-hmm. part. There's not that much yeah. evidence most of the time to talk about. Yeah. And it's kind of like Unfortunately, most ghost stories are like, yeah, there was a movie I, I saw years ago. Yeah. I saw an orb. Thing. What it looked yep. like an orb and then that's it. That's kind of all you get. Um, yeah. Or something like that. But like, I mean, in the Bermuda Triangle one, we had like that the haunt, the haunted lighthouse yeah. and the, yes. this mansion and things like that. We're we're scratching on a lot of these places. Yeah, Lexi, are you happy? Are you liking this? Let us know. <laughs> <laughs> Number one fan, I guess. That's right. We'll give her a plaque. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, that was fun, and we will. You're you're going to be out of town a little bit, so enjoy your trip. Yep, spring um, break. And spring break 2022. <laughs> <laughs> Going to sunny Baltimore where it's supposed to snow as soon as I get there. Sunny Baltimore. It always snows when <laughs> it you comes, go there. It comes it snows every time that I go up there. Every time I go up there during the winter it snows. It's it was like 50 or 60 yesterday but it's supposed to snow tomorrow. So there is supposed to be a and you're flying? Is it like? Do you think it's going to affect your flight? I'm supposed to get in pretty early, so I doubt it. Okay, hopefully we'll see. not. All right, have a wonderful trip, and I'll talk to you soon. I love you, Cam. Yeah, that all sounds good. I love you too. Bye. Bye.